I was thinking about uh, when we go, when I go out to eat, you've probably, I'm sure you've noticed this and probably laughed at me just like everyone else in my life does. But uh, I almost never order off the menu. I always, because uh, I don't really care what's on the menu. I like everything, but I love to talk to the waitress or, wait, or waiter and just ask them about the menu. And that's, uh, that works really well at a five-star restaurant. It does not work well. At Chili's. At, chil- at Chili's, right? Why do you even look at the menu? But, what do you... I don't know. I, mostly because I'm looking at the prices, <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I don't know. Like I want to know about them and their day and what they like. Oh. And if they recommend something, I'm probably going to like it, and it's going to make their day a little better that they recommended something I liked. It'll give me a conversation topic. I don't know. Just fun. Yeah. In all honesty, sometimes we learn some really cool stuff about the waiter or waitress or about the neighborhood or about people's lives, especially when we're traveling. So it it has served me well, but I'm very aware that it annoys most of my friends and family. Welcome to the People People Podcast. We're on a mission to spread human connection. How are you, listeners? Are you ready for another exciting episode of the People People Podcast? Will you allow me to dive right in? Hey, what if we amplified our individual levels of curiosity and uncertainty? Would our lives be better? Would we be better at connecting with people? Would we be better at our careers? Would we be better in our relationships? Would we be better family members? Would we be better humans? Will you spend this episode considering the power of an increased level of curiosity and uncertainty on your life? All right. I am not going to spend the episode talking entirely in question form, but I did recently deliver a TEDx talk called Curiously Uncertain, and I wanted to challenge people who watch the talk to increase their curiosity levels and allow for the power of uncertainty to impact their life in a greater way. And I thought it might be cool to teach that lesson through both content and form. So I did the entire nine-minute talk in only question form, and it was one of the most difficult things I've ever done, but I'm incredibly proud of it, and I hope you'll check out the talk, Curiously Uncertain. Uh, You can find it on the internet. You can find it right at peoplepeoplepodcast.com or social-excellence.com. And by the way, this is your host, Matt Matson. Happy and proud to be the host of the People People Podcast. I think we got a good thing going here, season two. First couple episodes were really strong, and I'm excited about this third episode that features my business partner and longtime friend and a return guest to the podcast, Josh Arendi. Josh is one of the greatest question askers in the world, in my opinion. He taught me how to ask questions in a much better way. And by the end of this podcast interview with him, you're going to hear him asking me cutting questions that make me both uncomfortable and vulnerable and a little open and raw in a way that maybe I wasn't expecting before we started. That's what I was trying to do to him, but of course he turned it on me because he's kind of the master. Hey, I also thought it might be kind of cool. I don't know if I said this yet, but I I thought it might be kind of cool to share some of the audio, that TED talk that I did called Curiously Uncertain to share it in this podcast. In fact, we might just share the audio of the entire talk. It's only nine minutes long. It is all in question form. And I really hope you listen to it, but I also hope you watch it. Because I think it's just kind of a cool thing to watch. And I think it's a cool thing to be able to share. So if you don't mind, this is me, I don't know, genuinely and vulnerably asking, will you share that on social media? Will you share this podcast on so- social media? Will you, will you give us some some stars on, on Apple iTunes podcasts or whatever it's called or Google Play or Stitcher or wherever you're listening to this thing? I'm proud of what this is and I'm really proud of what it can be. I want to turn now to our interview with Josh. It wasn't really an interview. It was a real conversation between Josh and I. This is what our real conversations look like. Josh and I have been business partners for 17 years. We met about two or three years before that in our very first jobs out of college. And he is one of my best friends and somebody I would just respect, respect the heck out of. And I'm grateful for him for doing this episode, but also for being such a massive part of my life. And I hope you got somebody like that. I hope you got somebody who who helps shape your life. I hope you got somebody in your life who asks you great questions and puts you in a position where you have to answer the questions that matter and the ones that are important and the ones that drive not only your conversation forward, but your life forward. I hope you have somebody in your life like Josh Arendi. 
our next guest. Enjoy the conversation and enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. What's your favorite question to ask? What's the best question you've ever been asked? What's uh, what when I talk about questions? What's what pops into your head? I was thinking about. I don't know why I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking about why questions. It seems like everybody, the hot question for everyone to ask is why. What's your why? Start Mm. with why. Why everything, right? Not a bad question, by the way. Pretty good question. But I've kind of feel myself, I don't know, uh, leaning against, leaning out from that instead of leaning into it, if that makes sense. Like leaning out from it. And because uh, lately I've been coming at life from a why not question. I'm not very good at, defining my purpose or giving me a blank sheet of if you give me a blank sheet of paper and you say okay go it's like there's too many options does mm-hmm. that make sense like yep. there's too many uh what do you want to do with your life what kind of parent do you want to be what's your career going to be what's your like all these big questions that if you just know your why it all falls into place well that's that's good but i don't know anybody who knows their why or very few people yep. and i'm certainly not one of them right and so I, instead i've been thinking about life that everything's an option. Everything's possible. I want to do it all. I want grand adventure, especially with my family, right? And we want to do these grand adventures. I've been coming at it from a, well, why not? So, okay, well, here's the map. Well, why not go there, right? Mm. Let's let's narrow this thing backwards, right? Here's all your career options. Why not? Let's narrow this thing backwards, right? It almost, uh, I don't know, that's been a helpful exercise for me lately. So I'm not sure that's what you, what you where you thought this thing might go, but that activity, that change of question has been really powerful for me. I don't know. There's something that about why not that actually doesn't resonate with me, or I'm surprised to hear you say that because I feel like you're a lot more intentional with your life. And why not almost seems a little willy-nilly. It seems a little like, Ooh. look at the map and be like, why not? Yeah. I, I, that's, it's fun to hear you say that because it, it speaks to your sense of adventure and your sense of seeking, and also maybe your sense of or the challenge that maybe you and I both have of figuring out what's next. Mm-hmm. And so maybe if we just say, why not, that might leave the options open. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think about like, okay, so we just did this, uh, this grand rim to rim to rim challenge, right? Um, hike for anybody listening the you know, hike the Grand Canyon from the North Rim to the South Rim and back to the North Rim and try not to puke. I think that's the, the challenge, <laughs> you know, but the, the adventure started with, why like it started with like let's try to get fit and then it started with let's go on fun adventures let's find something really crazy to do i think we started with spartan races right and then it just kind of escalates from there like a couple of dumb guys in our midlife crisis tend to do yeah yeah but as we were talking at the end of that challenge we immediately started talking about well what's next right and i guess that's a great example of like well why not oh should we do this hike around mount rainier why not should we go uh, somewhere else like you want to go to Europe and try some? Why not? Like there's just this, this adventure yeah. of this adventurous spirit that comes with asking a question that takes away boundaries, right? But also, also provides a little bit of direction, right? You're, you're kind of narrowing down the choices a little bit. Yeah. I did. Well, I think that was maybe even literally my response when you called me two years ago on July, on January 1st, right? I don't know if this was a resolution or, you know, you know, part of our collective midlife crisis that we were having at the time when we were turning 40, but you called me on January 1st and you were like, Hey, do you want to do this Spartan race? And I was like, yeah, why not? I'm pretty sure I said, why not? And I had no idea what I was getting into. And then you made me do two of them in one year. And that was, uh, that was maybe less than the best decision. But then the next year, like I almost felt compelled to do like, okay, what's the challenge I got to put in in front of you? I don't know. This rim to rim to rim thing seems crazy. By the way, listeners, uh, this was, one of uh, one of the grandest adventures, uh, and I had this whole plan, Josh, of recording a podcast during the hike. Right, like I was like, "Oh, this will be great. We've got forty eight hours to spend together, basically, like in the uh-huh. middle of a canyon. Uh, let's just hook up a microphone and talk." But I loved one of the things I loved about it, Josh, was that while we're hiking, these were what like twelve, thirteen hour days, right? About twenty four, yeah. twenty five miles each way crazy vertical gain. I'm bragging right now for our listeners, but one of the things I kind of loved about it, and you know this about me, is my love language is quality time and spent like, there was a lot of that hike where we didn't talk. There's a lot of that hike where we weren't, this wasn't maybe for one of the first times 
in our relationship, we weren't strategizing about business. We weren't talking about family. We weren't trying to figure out how to be better dads. We were just together as friends. And that was like a, that was a way to connect that maybe we don't connect. We don't connect in that manner very often. And I think it meant a lot to me, just the quietness and the togetherness of it. Yeah. When do we have time to just be together, just be right. Just be together. There's too many competing interests. And to be fair, I think a good portion of that trip was us trying to survive. So a podcast would have looked like awkward, heavily, heavy breathing and praying, I think. It would have. So uh, back to the topic of curiosity and uncertainty, you know, I I feel like you live in, you live a curious life. You are constantly asking people questions. You, I mean, genuinely, you, you often take the approach of, I don't know, I'll be a learner. You teach me. Uh, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the approach you take as a, as a business owner, as a leader. And I think in a lot of spaces in your life, did you learn that from somebody? Uh, I mean, it's probably a life lesson, right? It's probably growing up feeling like I didn't know the answer or wasn't adequate enough. And, you know, I guess you can fake it or you can just embrace it. And I, I felt like at some point, probably as you and I were just starting our first work together, right? Starting our first careers together. I remember reading business books that were talking, that would say, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room, right? And this this permission that I was reading about, that it was okay not to be the smartest person, right? That, that peeled away some of the inadequacy for me. And I was able to lean back on I, maybe something that came a little more naturally to me, which is just a, a sense of curiosity or wonder, you know, and excitement. The world always seems a little grand. I'm kind of a optimist at heart, I think. And I just, I want to know about everything around me. Yeah. And so this was a, I don't know, that kind of spoke to my soul a little bit. And so probably uh, gave me permission I was looking for. Do you do it on purpose? The question asking? Yeah. Well, my wife would ask that in a different way. She would say, are you doing this to annoy me? (laughs) That's that. (laughs) Or the other version would be, um, why are you asking me if you already know the answer? Yeah. Those are are more common questions that people ask me back. But I, I swear to you, most of the time, it's not manipulative. Like I'm gen, I would rather engage in a question asking format, right. Of of conversation. But most of the time I'm genuinely asking. I just think maybe I do it at a frequency or in a way that uh, most people aren't used to. And so that's, it probably comes across as a little weird sometimes, but I'm okay with that. Are there questions you've been asked in your life? Like are, are there moments when you remember either being asked a question or asking someone a question that, that, that have, been important moments. I'll name one. I'm pretty sure you're the one who asked, hey, do you want to start a business together when we were 24 years old and broke and dumb and had no idea how to start a business? And mm. I'm pretty sure I was like, why not? Uh, and uh, and here we are quite a, quite a few years later. But th- is there a question that comes to mind? Is there a, a moment like that where curiosity swung your life in a direction? Oh my gosh, there's got to be so many. Yeah. I'm I, I wish there was one that was just popping to the front of my mind that would make me sound really smart, right? And make the point sure. resonate. It's not, uh, it's not readily there. But what does come to mind is some of the questions. My oldest daughter is seven, you know? And so when the way that children frame their questions is a ga- seems to be a gateway into the way they see the world, right? It gives me a little glimpse into how her brain works, right? And sometimes yeah. the simplest question she asks just because of the word structure or the vocabulary she chooses, right? I, I, I look over at my wife and we're both like, did you hear that? That like, seriously, that's amazing. I can't believe she has that sense of empathy or that she's, that she even understood those words. Right. And then more, more recently, there've been a couple of questions that have just been cringe worthy, right. As, as she's observing the world in a way she hadn't before. Mm-hmm. Right. And we were in a hotel this weekend, this past, we made two days ago having breakfast and Fox news is on and there's a, and there's a commercial that comes on for liposuction. And uh, there must have been, I don't know, five, six different people in the, you know, yeah. the little quality in breakfast area, right? You can kind of picture, we, you travel enough, you can picture how this works, right? Yeah. And uh, she's watching and she's just glued to the TV, right? And she was like, Dad, I think I want to go see that. And I'm like, I don't even know what that question means, right? Like, I, I want to go see what, right? And she, I said, I don't, tell me what you mean. And she's like, puts her hands out to the side and she's talking about like, well, you know, when the big people like need to get smaller like us. And like, I see this lady turn, this lady turn around and like, of course, sort of look at us. And she oh. was like, why did, 
why are they big anyway? Right? And it's like these just that was a that was a one that just kind of shook me emotionally, yeah. right? Partially because I was embarrassed, partially because I come from, you know, a place where yeah. weight loss was a struggle for me all through my life, right? And her perception of the way of what yeah. physical, you know, like just physical nature, right? What what is that? And how does she perceive that? Like yeah. the power of framing questions, asking questions, the vocabulary, like I'm seeing it in my children and it's making it making me more aware of I think how I ask my own questions, right? Or even some of the some of the predictable rhythms of my questions that I need that I need to reconsider. That's fun. The predictable rhythms of your questions. I, I think it's pretty easy. Curiosity is one of those tools that is a really powerful uh, relationship tool because it requires response. Uh, I think there are other communication mm. methods that don't require response. I can I can yell at my kids, for example, or I can make a sarcastic comment and walk away when I'm angry in an argument, or I can, you know, be passive aggressive in a way that gets my point across but doesn't require it doesn't even allow any further conversation. Yes. But when you ask a question, you pin somebody to a corner sometimes. I think most of the time in in great ways, but sometimes either intentionally or unintentionally in ways that now they're trapped. They have to answer the question. Well, I'll go a step further. I, I think it it requires engagement, right? So a commitment to curiosity is also trapping yourself, yeah. right? It's you're putting yourself in a corner because you don't get to proclaim a value of curiosity if you're not willing to engage and ask great questions of other people, right? I, like you can, I can argue that I could do that with vulnerability. Right. Right. And I could argue I could do that with authenticity. I could write these other great values that are no less important. But whoo, curiosity forces you to engage. And to your point, I mean, it can really put somebody in an awkward yourself and somebody else in an awkward place pretty quick. You take you take you take risks for sure. Well, I think that's a, a you know, extreme curiosity or high levels of curiosity. Uh, require vulnerability, both certainly on the part of the answerer, right? Like I think you can sometimes put people in a position where they have to be vulnerable in order to get out of the situation or get through the situation. Mm. But also I think naming something you don't know is a vulnerable act, right? And and when you, if you ask a question in a, with a pure heart, because you really don't know the answer and you want to know the answer, I would argue that a lot of people aren't very curious in their everyday life because they're afraid to admit that they don't already know the answer. And there's so much pressure to know the answer to everything. There's so much pressure now, maybe even more than ever, an assumption that you must have seen that show, you must have done that thing, had that experience, been through that trauma, like whatever, right? Like there's, and to admit, I don't know what that's like. I don't know what your life is like. I don't know what your pain is like. I don't know. I, I need yeah. I need help. These are all like big questions that put people in a pretty awkward spot. Yeah, 100%. So you, when you teach social excellence, I'm, I'm curious about this. You teach social excellence and curiosity is, you know, one of the things that we teach all the time. And I wonder, you know, what's the thing that you teach often about curiosity? What's the thing that you wish you could teach more often or wish you could mm. get people to do or think or believe about being curious or uncertain when you teach when you teach about human connection? Oh, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I love this. Oh, man, I have so many little nuggets that I love teaching. But it all really comes down to like your mindset about how you choose to see and engage with the world. And so I love to do that. And I think about like my kids again, I think about them being great question askers or at least asking why a whole lot. And uh, something happens to most of us through life that yeah. they like life beats the why out of us, you know, and uh, we stop asking. Mm. The other end, the other side of a great question, right, has to include deep listening, right? So I think part of being curious isn't that you're waiting to ask your next question. It should be that you're desired to learn deeply, Right? So you're listening wholeheartedly. You don't even know what your next question is going to be, right? Because what you listen will, will determine the next question. You know, and I just I, I don't sense that most people engage with me that way. So yeah. I assume they don't engage with the world that way. They either ask one predictable question and then stop, or they ask a predictable question and hop it to the next one. Hey, what's your name? Where are you from? Hmm. What's your major? What do you do for work? 
you know, where you live, all this, like, it's just, it's banter that it's banter that fills up space and takes up time. And neither person has grown or bonded or been challenged in any way. There's no relationship that's advanced. All we did was uh, we played a commercial for each other. It wasn't even the good sitcom. And so it was just, it's all, it's all predictable. It's painful. So, so many people sort of live their life in a predictable, like, I don't know, magazine article, like a a real short, like, we're going to talk about the weather. We're going to talk about the sports. I'm going to ask you, how's your family? Uh, How you doing? Let's talk about something real light and then move on. Right. Like it's short, it's predictable. It's already written for us. We just follow the script. Uh, And we've got a script with our family and we've got a script with our neighbors and we got a script with our our coworkers and our, our fellow students when we're in school. Like we've got these predictable scripts, but you, you made this comment when you were talking and it got me thinking about like, what if we were co-authoring a feature-length article together as, in a conversation? What if that's what it looked like? And you started with a blank page. I mean, we we show a good conversation is a blank page and two authors together. But the only tool that drives a conversation forward is a good question. And I love that you said, I don't know. What if I ask a question not knowing what question I'm going to ask next? And allow that conversation to be co-authored together to see who's going to push it forward next and which direction is it going to go. And the ending isn't clear. Like, we don't know where the ending of this conversation is going to go. We let the our genuine, open, full-hearted curiosity drive it. I don't think most people talk that way. I don't think most people engage that way. Not even close. I, I mean, when you said scripts, I mean, I, I can, if I go outside right now and I see my neighbor... I can tell you the three questions I'm going to ask him and three questions he's going to ask me. And then we're going to do the same goodbye or, or weird handshake and move That's on right. with our day. Right. And, the, and I, I fall into the same patterns with my wife, right. On yeah. how's your day? How are the girls, what's going on? What are we doing tomorrow? Like, I just, I know the patterns. Right. And so I have to consciously break the pattern, yes. right. To be able to actually advance our relationship or to feel connection or to, to actually even learn. If I was serious about saying, how was the day? I can't say, how was your day? Yeah. Cause I'm going to get the same answer I got the last three days. Right. And so why did I even ask the question in the first place? Right. And so I, I sometimes That's she right. laughs at me, but I'll catch myself asking the same question. Then I'll be like, eh, I didn't really mean that here. This is what I actually meant. Right. Or, let me reframe that or I'll ask in some completely absurd yeah. way that just makes her laugh. Right. Yeah. Or I'll sing, I'll sing the question to her, like, whatever it takes. It just, That's right. it has to be unique and spontaneous yeah. and from the heart and you have to want to learn, right? Like I care about my wife and what her day was like. So why do I ask her the same dumb question every day that tees her up to give me a bad answer? You know? <laughs> and it has to be off script. I mean, I mean that just plain and simple, Yeah. Uh, it, you know, an exercise I feel like I should do is like write down, you know, pick a character in my life, write down the script as I know it's going to go. And then next time, how could it like, what are three new ways to invent a new script? Or what are three new questions that can drive that forward? I really think about, I'm, I'm sure you've got, you said your neighbor. I think I, I often think the same thing, sort of my real life friends, you know, non-work friends, the people live in my neighborhood, the parents of my kids, uh, friends, you know, that, that group. I'm so curious about them. I'm curious about their life and their background because we only know each other since our kids play sports together, but they're fun and I like them and I want to hang out with them. And, but then I find myself asking the same question. Oh, how's work? You know, you know, what's the, what's the next trip you're taking? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. How's the summer going? Uh, you know, uh, how, how are your kids doing in school? And oh God, like what a boring script. <laughs> like why, why don't we want, why don't we naturally want to learn more? I guess it's because it's safe. Because uh, I know I, it won't require more energy from me uh, than what I'm used to expending, and nor will it require more vulnerability for me from me or require me to answer similar questions in response. Right? Right. Right. That has to be a factor, right? And and I think there's also a uh, my day is busy and I'm checking yeah, the boxes, yeah. right? And you can check the box on the I was a good neighbor, good husband, good dad today, right? I asked I. Sat down at dinner and I asked the questions. So I guess you get credit for that. I don't know. What's a question? Uh, what's the question we should ask each other uh, to take us off our script? Oh, if I wasn't here, would you still do this? This work? And would you do it better or worse? <laughs> oh, that's a good. We haven't had that conversation. No. I'll have it. Uh, I'll say I don't know that I would. 
I don't know that I'd feel confident doing it. I'm certain I wouldn't do it as well. And I don't mean that as a thing to say while we're being recorded, but I mean, genuinely, I, I wouldn't do it as well. There's, there's this balance that you and I have as business partners, balance of strengths, balance of complementary values and uh, complementary styles. And I just think I'd be lonely. I think, uh, I think there's a part of our work that we do together that is about genuinely about companionship and friendship and uh, knowing yeah. that I've got somebody I'm, you know, to borrow a line from somebody else, but doing, doing life with, right? Yeah, I, I agree with half of that. Like the, at least for me, I'd say I, this, this is more fun, right? It's the, the work has been the most fun when we get to do yeah. it together. And that part, I just absolutely enjoy. It's a, it's a hoot. But I would say if, if I couldn't do this work, I feel like there's an obligation for the work to continue and there's no one else that could do it better than, than you. I also feel like if the work couldn't be done as well or better than I'm doing it now, then we haven't set up a business and a system yeah. that's, uh, that's effective. Right? And so I, I choose to believe that uh, I'm helpful and having fun, but that the business and more important than the mission that we're on yeah. would continue and be better even in my absence. Yeah. It's because the cause is that important. It has to be. That's why you and I work well together, I think. Yeah. 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 Your, I'm trying to stay on topic, but also maybe respond to the reality of this, this real conversation. And I think it's okay for us to have a real conversation on a podcast like this and, and not make it about on topic. And sure. Let me say that I think, uh, I think as we do this work together, the social excellence project work or the social excellence work in particular. You know, we, we talk about we're on a mission to spread human connection. And I think for you and I, that means different things and for different whys, <laughs> for that matter. Uh, but I, I think one of the things I enjoy and, and appreciate is that the way you connect with other humans is genuinely different than the way I connect with other humans. Mm. And I think some people are surprised that we can do that both differently and respect and appreciate each other's differences in approach at the same time. Um, and I, I, anyway, I, I think I just wanted to say out loud that, that I appreciate our, I appreciate and like celebrate even our different styles of connecting with people. And I feel like that's an important thing to say on a podcast about human connection, that there isn't like a right style. I don't think. Yeah. Right. Like that's, I, I love how many variations there can be to how people choose to engage with each other. And I guess this, this feels like I'm just feeding the content, the content here, but like, as long as it's authentic, yeah. right. And vulnerable and generous, if it comes from that good place, right. There's a million ways to ask the same question and a million ways to ask the same thing differently. Right. Like, Holy cow. I don't know. I don't know what the mathematic algorithm for that is, but I just know it's, Man, how it's like a song, right? It's it's music. Mm. Good questions are, I don't know. They're uh, maybe all songs have some things in common, right? But uh, they're all real different, and some sound a whole lot better than others. That's right? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a great, maybe not a great metaphor, but that's what I got on the no, top of my head. Yeah, I don't think that one worked one hundred percent, but I do think the. I don't know. I think the more you practice your music. And maybe, maybe oh. the more you practice your metaphors as well, uh, the better to be at them, right? But but the more you mm -hmm. practice your music, and I think a lot of people don't practice question asking, don't don't practice living in the wonder and beauty of uncertainty. Most people don't practice actually starting a conversation with a blank page and being excited mm -hmm. about the adventure of where the conversation might go, as it's driven by questions, as it's driven by by true curiosity. We don't practice that stuff. Yeah, I think that's true. I was thinking about uh, when we go, when I go out to eat, you've probably, I'm sure you've noticed this and probably laughed at me just like <laughs> everyone else in my life does, but uh, I almost never order off the menu. I always, because <laughs> I don't really care what's on the menu. I like everything, but I love to talk to the waitress or, wait, or waiter and just ask them about the menu. And that's, uh, that works really well at a five-star restaurant. <laughs> It does not work at well. Chili's. At Chili's. At Chili's, right? <laughs> Why do you even look at the menu? But, what do you... 
know. I, mostly because I'm looking at the prices. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, but I don't know. Like I want to know about them and their day and what they like. Oh. And if they recommend something, I'm probably going to like it, and it's going to make their day a little better that they recommended something I liked. It'll give me a conversation topic. I don't know, just fun. Yeah. In all honesty, sometimes we learn some really cool stuff about the waiter or waitress or about the neighborhood or about people's lives, especially when we're traveling. So it has served me well, but I'm very aware that it annoys most of my friends and family. Genuine comment. In our first year of doing this work, we had a speaking engagement at Grand Valley State University, uh, my alma mater, but we were there as professionals. Uh We delivered a program and we went out that night uh, after the program, it was late. It ended late, like at 10 o'clock, but we were on a high. This is one of our first speaking gigs together. And we went to Denny's. I think it was Denny's. And I will never forget this. This is what, 17 years ago, 16 years ago, something like that. Yeah. I will never yeah. forget how proud I was of you and I, like charming the waiter or waitress at Denny's that night. And I thought like, yeah, like that's what it's about. If you could... We should just bring people with us to Denny's and show them show them how to connect with the waiter or waitress. And anyway, <laughs> oh my god! Well, yeah, since we're already on this topic, I will say this, and that this is another thing that drives my wife and friends bonkers. But when you're just like when you do that, like I can't. I don't know what my what my uh, my my batting average is, but the amount of stuff that I get for free or <laughs> discounts that I get or just coupons that show up, like, yeah. the amount of like generosity that re- is reciprocated just for caring and loving. So that's not why I do it, but I sure do enjoy a good deal, right? And it's super fun. Like, I don't know. It drives everybody else bonkers, right? Because not only did I waste everybody's time with dumb questions with the waiter or waitress, but then I usually walk away with some wonderful deal, right? Or extra muffin or a cookie or something, right? As a matter of celebrating that, I think in, in at least often, maybe not all the time, but at least often, people are just surprised when you engage with them off script and you engage with people off script. And one of the ways that you often engage with people off script is that you just ask a question that they aren't expecting or you engage with them in a more curious way than the average Denny's customer. And I think, I, I really think that is a key part of what I've admired about your strengths as a communicator and as a connector and as somebody who is always pushing towards social excellence. I think that's something you're great at. Mm, that's nice. Can I ask you a hard question? Sure. Why do you doubt that this podcast is going to scale and be as successful as it deserves to be? Yeah, I definitely do. Uh, I definitely do. A lot of that is about I am more comfortable in a nice, safe, yeah, I probably self-sabotage this podcast and maybe to some extent some of our work like because it's uh it's safe to know to know that I can be a big fish in a small bowl, right? Mm-hmm. And if I can shape the story around this podcast, this is I I had this thought last night. Like I I really was like frustrated because I thought like this is important content. This is an important message and I'm not sure I believe in myself enough to make it scaled to make it big to make it something that people genuinely you know share and think is cool so i'm gonna i'm gonna do i'm gonna probably make subtle little comments to myself and publicly that oh you know if there's just a few people listening you know that's great you know hi mom you know that lame joke that i'm you know now that's a good question do you do you genuinely think it has the potential to scale is 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 it I mean, is the message, it's not about the podcast for me, is it like, is the message of social excellence relevant, important enough, different enough, unique enough that it matters to people? Well, I, I think it's not, it's social excellence itself isn't, that's not even, it doesn't feel to me like it's the right question. No, no disrespect. I just think it's what social excellence allows us to tackle, right? Human connection, relationships, engagement crossing boundaries that seem on between people that seem unreachable and a society of division it creates bridges i mean i it's never felt more relevant to me than it does right now it's actually a practical way that every single person can engage in a meaningful way in their everyday life to make the world a better place so it is highly relevant exactly what people need digestible in a podcast 
And I think you're fantastic in the way you host it and the way that you present the material uh, with the thoughtful guests that you bring on and, uh, and the way that you approach the topic. Like, there's zero reason why this shouldn't be a wild success, except that I don't think that you believe it can be or should be yet. And I don't understand why. Yeah. I neither, uh, well, I, I, I don't disagree with you and uh, uh, on any of those, uh, on any of those fronts. Uh, and that's, uh, that's one of the reasons I'm, I'll tell you, Josh, in all honesty, I'm, I'm proud of, I'm proud of the fact that I launched season two because I wasn't gonna, yeah. uh, I, it was just going to be like, ah, well I did, uh, you know, 10 episodes that first season. It felt good, but we could just shelve it. It's fine. So this is, this is pushing that a little further. And I appreciate you. I appreciate you always, uh, wanting to push it, want to, wanting to push me beyond where I'm comfortable. Yeah, I, I, I think the the website needed a tab that said podcast that had content yeah. on it. And so season, season one, like, yeah, great job. We proved concept, yeah. right? Season two, I mean, this feels to me like, you know, I just listened to, to the first episode. And uh, when, you, when you start tackling topics like school shootings, right, with people that are experts in the topic and come from it from a, a compassionate, deep understanding and believe that social excellence is a way to make a serious dent in massive issues like that. This isn't shtick. Yeah. This is real stuff. It's, it's, it's helpful and important. So I think we need to set the bar a little higher. And uh, I hope that people listening will share it with people they care about and help us spread the word. This, uh, this feels important. Thanks for saying that. In all honesty, I, I, I landed from a flight last night at midnight and in order to keep myself awake, I normally listen to a podcast in my car drive on the way home. It's about a 45 minute drive. And uh, I actually just decided to re-listen to episode one of season two because I actually hadn't listened to it in a while. I hadn't even listened to it when I posted it, um, recorded it back in, I don't know, April, I think. And it's what, July now. And at the end of it, I thought, not because of what I did, but because like content wise, I genuinely thought like, God, like this is good. Like this was important. <laughs> I really thought that. I really did. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So thanks, and uh, I, I appreciate that, Josh. Thanks for being our, our first return guest on the People People podcast. And, uh, thanks for your friendship, and thanks for your partnership, brother. Big thanks to Josh for being a part of this episode and big part of my life. Hope you enjoyed that conversation between Josh and I. That got a little more real than. Well, I, I should have expected, I should have expected that we would get real. Man, I, I really enjoyed the back end of that conversation. I hope others did as well. If not, anyway, that was good for me. And maybe, you know what? Shout out to Josh. This podcast has potential. This podcast should be something. And thanks for your help, listeners, for making it something and for listening to it and caring about it and telling people about it and sharing it on social media and rating it and doing all the things you're supposed to do with podcasts. Thanks a lot. Hey, I want to read you something. I want to read you something. This is a line that was important to me. What if we weren't so afraid of uncertainty? In fact, what if we chose to celebrate uncertainty? What if we chose to relish uncertainty? What if we worshiped uncertainty? What if being uncertain was our dogma? What if I'm not sure, but I'm trying to learn became our mantra? What if I told you that I believe our curiosity, our wonder, our inquisitiveness, and our sense of possibility are the most powerful tools we have to heal a broken and divided world? And in scene, <laughs> that little paragraph was maybe my favorite paragraph that I wrote in preparation to deliver this TEDx talk that I'm about to play for you. But I didn't deliver that paragraph. I like blanked on it. I'll tell you, like delivering a talk like this, a delivering a TED talk for me is an act of memorization, which is not how I normally talk. It's not how I normally prepare to talk. But if you got a short amount of time and you want to say the right things in exactly the right way, and you know it's going to be recorded for eternity and who knows how many people are going to watch it, you want to be precise. And so I tried to be really precise in both the TEDx talk that I gave both this one, Curiously Uncertain, and the other one that is called, what's it called? It's called When We Gather, We Matter. Anyway, uh, as I was given this uh, at the end, man, I feel like I blacked out during the, during the talk. And at the end, I'm like, man, I feel like I, something was missing. I feel like I did a good job. And I, I do. I think it was a pretty good talk. I, I think it was, I think I did what I was trying to do anyway. But at the end, I felt like I was, I was missing something. I went back to the script later that night that I had been prepared from. And I was like, oh my God, I forgot like my favorite paragraph. 
uh, because I get to be kind of preachery when I'm like, what if, what if uncertainty was our dogma? What if I'm not sure what, but I'm trying to learn became our mantra, but I, man, I really believe that. I believe that this, uh, this talk that I'm about to share with you is almost a statement of spiritual belief for me. It is a statement of life purpose and, uh, a, a challenge to myself and others to engage in the world in a new and different way, in a way that most people are not engaging with the world. I'm going to shut up and just let you listen to the TED Talk right now. This is Curiously Uncertain. I was proud to be able to deliver this at Dakota Ridge High School, TEDx Dakota Ridge uh, High School in my area that actually my wife used to work at, but I, I don't think that's why I got chosen. I think they wanted to hear this message, and I was really proud to share it there. They did such a great job. By the way, student-run production, all high school students produced the entire event, including the video and audio work afterwards. Just great, great work. Uh, so here it is, Curiously Uncertain. Have you ever met someone who always asks the best questions? Do you have someone in your life who can draw out your deepest personal truth with just the right question at just the right time? Do you know someone who can bring life and joy and fun to any conversation with just the right inquiry? On the other hand, have you ever met someone who asks so many questions that they're just incredibly annoying? What if someone spoke to you only in question form? Wouldn't that be something? Could you do it? Could you end every sentence you spoke with a question mark? Why would you even try? Could you imagine how hard that would be? Do you have stories your mom always tells about you like I do that have shaped the way you think about yourself? Does your mom, like my mom, tell those stories over and over to everyone she meets? Would you believe me if I told you that my mom always said that as a very small child, I would constantly, curiously, and very cutely ask, what's that about everything I saw? Is this story really true? How would I know? Do you think that little motherly anecdote has shaped my self-identity? What do you think? When did I lose my curiosity? When did I lose my trademark sense of wonder? When did I lose my deep comfort with uncertainty? Have you lost yours? What if I told you that I believe we are experiencing a curiosity drought? What if I told you that I am absolutely certain that our society is desperately lacking uncertainty? What if our society stopped asking questions? What would that be like? Would we stop believing each other? Would we stop engaging in thoughtful dialogue with one another? Would we start only watching news channels that we agreed with or following social media profiles that already reinforced our deeply held certainties? Can you imagine living in a world like that? Will you all allow me to ask you a few more questions? Yes. <laughs> Will you consider every question I ask from this point forward for its impact on you personally and on society? If at any point during this talk, I speak a sentence that is not in question form, will you make me do 20 push-ups right here on the TEDx stage? Yes. <laughs> if I'm able to complete this entire talk entirely in question form, will you all give me a round of applause that will make me the envy of every other TED speaker in history? Yes. Shouldn't we celebrate curiosity more? Why is curiosity something that seems to be reserved only for small children or recently deceased cats? Aren't human adults some of the most, aren't curious human adults some of the most interesting, intelligent, and easy to connect with people you know? Shouldn't we be more curious? Shouldn't curiosity just be part of our everyday life more? Shouldn't we make it a discipline to be curious and uncertain in every part of our life? Wouldn't it make us a better person? Wouldn't it make us a better classmate, a better coworker, a better boss? Wouldn't it make us a better partner, a better parent, a better human? Shouldn't we celebrate curiosity more? Have you seen the recent studies that show that deeper levels of curiosity lead to higher academic performance, more hope, better memory, and a deeper sense of life purpose? Have you seen the other studies that show that workplaces that celebrate and uplift curiosity and experimentation 
have healthier employers, healthier employees, happier employees, and higher levels of productivity? Wouldn't you also think that our family lives would benefit from more celebration of curiosity, but don't we too often stifle our overly curious children? Doesn't it seem obvious that we should be preparing our young people to be as curious as possible, but don't standardized tests and way too much of our education system actually penalize uncertainty and demotivate curiosity? What are we so afraid of? Why are we so afraid of incorporating curiosity into our life? Do you think that most people avoid curiosity because they're constantly seeking to not be wrong and to always be right? Have you noticed this? Have you noticed that now more than ever people are trying every day to prove to everyone around them that they are right? And have you noticed that if people aren't certain that they're right, They'll try to be the loudest, the snarkiest, the most cutting, or the most liked. Isn't this damaging? Isn't this damaging to society and civilization? Have you noticed that people are trying to convince everyone that their religious beliefs, their political positions, and their personal points of view are the only possible paths forward? Isn't this problematic? Shouldn't we be unsure a little bit more? Am I arguing for an ignoring of facts? Am I suggesting that we disregard scientific truths or empirical evidence? Do you really think I'd be okay with that? What if I was simply offering permission and encouragement to be unsure a little more often? Don't you agree that to actually change the world and not just rearrange it, we need to ask more and better questions? Don't you agree that to create a more just tolerant and understanding world, we need to ask more and better questions. Don't you agree that to move beyond the sound bites, the memes, the tweets, and the protest chants that fail to capture the deep nuance of the true lived condition, we, ask, we need to ask more and better questions. Don't you agree that we just so often misunderstand each other and we should just ask more and better questions? Don't you agree that our broken personal relationships, our family drama, and our workplace stressors would benefit from us asking more and better questions? Don't you agree? What if you ask 10% more questions every day? What if every day you just turned up the frequency of question asking by about 10%? How would that change you? How would that change you as a person? How would that change you as a boss, a coworker, a family member, a neighbor, a parent, a partner? What if you just asked 10% more questions every day? If I offered you a little help, would you be willing to turn up the level of curiosity in your life? If I offered you a little help, would you be willing to turn up the level of curiosity in your life? Well, would you? Will you add depth to your conversations? Will you not just ask the surface level questions, but instead go at least one level deeper? Will you ask the follow-up question, wait patiently for your turn to learn instead of just waiting for your turn to talk? Will you add courage to your conversations? Will you go there? Will you ask the questions that most people are far too afraid to ask? Will you ignore the stifling societal norms in favor of the true human connection that we all so desperately crave? Will you disregard social averageness and aim for social excellence? Will you add humility to your conversations? Will you assume that everybody you encounter shows up with a lifetime full of stories and lessons to teach you? Will you dig into those stories and lessons for your own benefit and for theirs? What if curiosity and uncertainty were the most underrated heroes of the human condition? In the last moments of this talk, will you reflect on how your own curiosity or lack thereof is what has probably led you to this point in your life? Will you reflect on the power, the intense power of curiosity and uncertainty in the world? Will you consider how curiosity has led us to all the great scientific discoveries, all the great advancements in culture, in music, and in art. Will you consider that curiosity and uncertainty 
might be the very things that we need to heal a broken and divided world? What if curiosity and uncertainty are the most underrated heroes of the human condition? What is the next question you will ask? Will you please make it a great one? Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the People People Podcast. I hope curiosity and uncertainty live in a more important and deeper way in your everyday life. And I really, really mean that. I hope you ask more and better questions. I hope you engage with people in your life in deeper ways that are driven by questions. And you let, you let your conversations be, you know, blank pieces of paper at the start and co-author them together with the people in your life. Maybe you don't need to know where the conversation's going. Maybe you don't need to know where it's supposed to end up. And maybe that's the beauty of real relationships is that they're built mostly out of a blank piece of paper that you fill up together. And thanks for being one of us, a people, people podcast listener or a people, people person or a people person. You know, that's where we started. That's where we got the title of this, this podcast is Josh and I were actually talking a couple of years ago and we were like, you know, people who say they're a people person, they almost never are. Uh, and we laughed about that and we were like, you know, people, people. And we laughed about that. And then he was like, that should be the name of the podcast. People, people podcast. And I was like, that's a good idea. Josh, Josh always has the best ideas. I appreciated him being a guest on our show today. And I appreciate you all for listening. And I appreciate more importantly than that, I appreciate you all going out into the world and spreading human connection, making human connection, putting the humanity back in the middle of your workplaces, your schools, your your families, your neighborhoods, your homeowners associations, your clubs and your groups and your churches and your places of worship and your political associations. Put the humanity back. There's too much division in this world. There are too many people who are so certain that they're digging in their heels we need you. We need people, people. We need people, people to fix our broken and divided world. Thanks for listening to this episode of the People, People podcast. As always, you can find us at social-excellence.com. That's the home of the Social Excellence Project who brings you the podcast. Or just go to peoplepeoplepodcast.com. By the way, takes you right to the Social Excellence Project's website. You can check us out uh, on social media at social excellence. There's no E in social excellence in our social media handles, at least on Twitter and on Instagram, but you can find us there and connect with us there. Uh, find me, man. Find me right on the website. You can find all my contact information. I'd love to be connected to you. Thanks so much. Stay social. Stay excellent. <laughs>